Hello and welcome to Football Scotland Daily, the podcast that brings you all the big news, analysis and debate Monday to Friday, just in time for your daily commute. I'm Johnny McFarlane and joining me today for the first time in two weeks is Mr Adam Miller. How you doing? Back and refreshed, Adam. Yeah, just a little bit, yeah. And Jules, howdy Boyle. How you doing? Alrighty, how's it? Jules, Jules I'm, I'm pretty good, but I think you should share with the listeners your, your theory of a fat man's lunch. It was a semi-fat man's Se- lunch. Sorry, semi-fat man's lunch. You mean, you literally told me that two seconds Indeed, ago, but very yeah, important yeah. that you get those words in the right order. It certainly is. Well, I know, Johnny, you get, you, you get flustered when folk mention semis, so... <laughs> I do well, I do indeed, yes. Yeah. Um, footballing reasons, obviously. Indeed, yes. Um, well... <laughs> We, we've got a lot to talk about today. Yes, um, actually, flustered. <laughs> I, I, yes, <laughs> I am. Like, oh, 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 my face is reddening as we speak. Um, as I'm sure are the managers in Edinburgh, Craig Levine and Paul Heckingbottom, both in deep trouble with their respective clubs. And uh, with an Edinburgh derby set to take place next weekend, it could be curtains for one or the other manager. We're also going to touch on Angelo Alessio at Kilmarnock proving the doubters wrong they've got the second best defensive record in the league at the moment quite a turnaround from defeat to Connors Keys Nomads at the start of the season and predictions of doom and gloom on Ayrshire or should that be more doom and gloom on Ayrshire Um, and finally we'll touch on Rangers and Celtic and their performances at the weekend as the title race continues well it's obviously going to be a, a, a starting point to look at Edinburgh and what's happening at both clubs there. Um, Craig Levine has given you an enormous amount of uh, material, Adam, over the, the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, how do you think he will be reflecting on his club and their position at the bottom of the league at the moment? Will he be saying, well, it was a good laugh, wasn't it? <laughs> um, it's, a, it's such a strange one with Levine because you contrast it with pretty much... I've, I've not seen a direct comparison of the league table this day last year to this day this year, but surely there's rarely been as stark a difference in the course of a year. You think, well, they were top. They were top last year. So you think back to the sort of wave of optimism that there was around Tynecastle this, this time last year. You think back to like that win over Celtic. Really, really strong start to the season. And naturally, obviously, loads and loads of injuries came into it for Hearts, which seems to be a recurring theme. But um, there was still there was so much optimism for, for a large part of the season. And then... Um, you think you, you look at it just now? Protests outside the ground on Saturday. Um, and I the, suppose it's not just the protests. It was the level of vitriol that was aimed towards Levine. We saw the videos coming out on social media. Yeah. There was fans like they were about to storm the office building, or should I say, the new stand? Yeah, yeah. And and the the thing for uh, the the thing about it is, it wasn't just sort of spur of the moment protests after mm. the game. People were bringing banners they had made at home, <laughs> and people were expecting. Uh, going into that game against Motherwell, there's going to be a bad result today, and there was. Um, and the, I think the frustrating thing for Hearts fans is it's not a normal situation where you go, right, results have been terrible, we're bottom of the table, uh, there doesn't seem to be any kind of progress, the natural next step is for the manager to go. Um, with Levine's position within the club, um it's it's difficult for Hearts fans to know where where the end point is. Like how does how does Levine end up leaving his position? As yeah, manager? Because, because I presume Anne Budge would want to move Levine back upstairs. Yeah, because she's made plainly clear, Jules, exactly how big 
an element of her tenure he has been. He's been the guiding light for her in terms of football since the very beginning. And you have to say, I mean, her tenure's been very successful, all in all, certainly from an outsider looking in. Um, but she can't really do that now because such is the, the turmoil, such is the anger amongst Hearts fans. If he was to be pushed back upstairs, then all the stuff about Levine's record and the amount of players that have been brought in, all perfectly legitimate, would be brought up. So it, she's kind of in a situation where really it has to be a clean break. Now, she said from the beginning that Craig Levine would come to her and tell her when the, the moment was right. Do you think he'll be thinking at the moment, this might be that moment? Or will he think, let's just see what happens against Hibs because a lot can change with a derby, a derby performance? I don't think he'll still see it when they get gubbed by Hibs, to be honest. You think, you think, you think Hearts are <laughs> going to lose to Hibs? I, well, have you we'll seen get back Hibs? To that. Have, I, you have you seen, seen Hearts? <laughs> have you seen Hearts? I think that's the have only... You, uh, sorry, I'm good, Jules. Um, I, if you basically, I think... I can just see Levine still... I mean, he doesn't seem to be very contrite. He's not really sorting anything so far. Every interview he gives is like, you know... I mean, recently, the last one last week, um, or, or was it this week? I'm losing track of all these ones. Basically, it was it, everything's fine with the club. Just the defence needs a bit of sorting out and a bit of confidence. That's all. It's the, the one, like, a handful of games in a year and just a bit of confidence, a wee bit of defence and tweaking. This sort of, like, chemical... I keep calling it it's chemical alley stuff with the tanks rolling past. Mm. It's that's that's comical alley. Chemical alley was another one. We shouldn't get these alleys mixed up. Oh, is up. that Comic Alley? What, Comical what? Alley was the guy who was like... In Iraq? Uh, yeah, he was yes. the guy saying, there's so no, no issue alley? here. Co- that's Comical Alley. So who's Chemical Alley? Chemical Alley was like a, a murderous cousin or, or uncle of Saddam Hussein who, who used chemical weapons on people. Sure. So, yes. Okay. So We're th- back in the football, Scott. <laughs> 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 Comical, chemical. There's two you know. alleys, I'm pretty sure, in the, right, the, right. Saddam Hussein the same regime. One. No, no. Right, okay. Well, either way, he's the silly one that says silly things when clearly evidence is against him. He's not the mass murdering he's one. He's not the mass murdering yeah. one. No, he's, he's the silly one. Okay. That would be a good way to get him out of the club. If you could <laughs> I totally. That. He'd probably still get away with it. No, 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 no definitely not. Sitting on a pair of skulls. So, yeah, so I don't think. He's got to go. There's no denying it. As it, we say it again and again, it's relegation form. It's, it's so bad. It's not been righted. There's a squad there. You watch that at the weekend again, and you're just like, there is a confidence issue. I think. I mean, I mean, but no wonder because they've done so poorly. But he definitely seems to have no idea how to write it. He's lost the fans. He's lost everyone behind him. He seems to have definitely lost the players. A couple of weeks ago, he was coming out saying, um, he slated the defence, the midfield, and the attack. I mean, singled out like the whole team <laughs> apart from the goalie who was his man in the match do you know what I mean and we're stinking and he keeps doing these things the Hibs game and we said it in the podcast a couple of times in the last week they're coming up to that game there the Motherwell game's a must win but you've got the Hibs game coming up and they're stinking as well which we're sure we'll get to but you've got at the moment you've got to think kind of fancy Hibs for it but again I saw there was a good thing in a one of the, one of the uh, hotlines I think it was in the records possibly um, as somebody says this is absolutely stinking both teams will struggle to get nil <laughs> which I thought was brilliant but it's about that I, I just I can see him though losing to Hibs and say like you you get like a a 3-2 or something like that or a 2-1 some sort of close yeah. thing where they both just have disasters everywhere and then go oh, all we need to do is this a bit blah blah because it's up to him where he, what he does the thing is while hearts are undoubtedly rubbish yes they, they at least have some physical presence mm-hmm. and they can lump the ball forward and probably score that way. Fire up, take peas or whatever, yep. I struggle to see where Hibs are going to score from. Like, yes, Scott Allen can produce a moment of magic, as we've seen yeah. already we'll, we'll, this season. We'll had a good pass through. earlier this <laughs> season. Yes. I don't know if yeah. anyone mentioned but it. But through Hearts, there's awful defence. That's the difference. Hearts have got a decent attack, but a stinking defence. Hibs are kind of, you know, 
I, I can't see many teams failing to get through that back line. Do you know what I mean? Well, Camberry's yeah. misfiring. Doidge hasn't settled in any way, shape or form. He looks like what he is, which is a lower league English player that Hibs have wasted a lot of money on. I, I, honestly, I think this this could be a nil-nil draw, but I don't see Hearts losing this game. I may be wrong. Adam, do you have a, a well, take on this? I, I just think uh, as much as uh, I've no idea how or when Levine will leave Hearts, I don't see him leaving before the weekend's game. I, I think Levine's a guy that's wanting to be in control of his kind of, I hate using the term narrative, but I can't think of a better one. And I think he'll want, he'll, he'll be very conscious of the fact that there's an Edinburgh derby coming up and that can be a chance to change the way people are talking about him. Obviously, even if Hearts win this game 3-0, people aren't going to be saying, brilliant, sign, it's going to you know, extend, yeah. extend Levine's contract. No. But it will... For as far as he's concerned, it will be a, a, a bit of vindication for what he's trying to do. Um, I think if Hearts do lose against Hibs though at the weekend, I just I don't see how he. Well, I, I do see how he can survive that because he will make he will decide that he's survived <laughs> totally. it. But uh, if it was any other manager in any other club setup, there's no way they would, after the run of results Hearts have had, survive a defeat in the derby, particularly against the Hibs team that I think have won what, one in ten. Yeah. Um, the, th- the thing is, though, I mean, yeah, you're totally right there. But every uh, there isn't another manager who would still be in the job right now. Yeah, as a result of that I mean yeah. that's, that's a year of this stuff and even actually like five honkers in a row in the start of the season that's enough to get the manager of the boot never mind going back all, all the rest of this yeah, year yeah. do you know what I mean and it's insane he's still there it's this, I mean Ann Budge said he, he wasn't bulletproof mm-hmm. but my god he's as near as damn it do you yeah. know what I mean it's just like what more does he need to do and I think if he gets if he hammers Hibs 5-0 the fans will be delighted to stick one up you know the high for the, for, the, for mm-hmm. that, but they'll still probably be. You know they they made those banners known full well. They might beat Motherwell, but known full well will get used at them. Yeah, do you know what I mean? And they're going to get used. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, there would have been a protest either way. Probably. Ah, yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. Is is there a sense that at Hearts there needs to be even more of a kismet between the club and the fans because of the foundation? Because they have eight thousand people that are paying in. There needs to be that sense that everyone's pulling in the right direction because the minute things start going awry, mm-hmm. then fans presumably, you know, we know how fans react to bad situations, start cancelling direct debits to yeah. make their point heard. Yeah. We saw on Twitter, I'm sure you've seen it, Hearts Rant did a long that was thread. Very interesting thread. Yeah. I, I wonder what your take on that was, Adam, because we've talked about fan behaviour on this podcast a few times. And one of the, the key points that, that Hearts Rant um, went into detail about was not just Craig Levine, but the, the, the sense of disconnect between Anne Budgie's regime and the fans in that they've done a lot to combat um, various issues within the support. Mm-hmm. And it seems to me like the fans are feeling like they've gone a wee bit over the top in that. Possibly. Uh, the the big thing that comes across is that Hearts, and you're talking about the foundation of Hearts and everything like that, Hearts fans have proven more than the fans of many other clubs they've really shown more than any other club in Scotland yes. certainly so they, they've clearly shown their willingness to put their money where the mouth is mm. they are an integral part of that club and you know hearts as a club owe the fans so much and the, I think there do need to be better lines of communication at the moment I think Anne Budge has slightly gone too far in the, in, in the wrong direction of it feeling like there is a major disconnect at the moment. Whereas if you'd asked people their opinions of Anne Budge a couple of years ago, they would be very different to what they are now. And there's probably still a lot of goodwill being generated by so much of what she has done at the club. But at the moment, the, as you say, it's a real sort of disconnect. Um, 
and you do wonder like how you know if if Levine just does stay in his post indefinitely and there's no sign of him leaving despite the results continuing to stagnate um what what options do does that leave for Hearts fans do you start boycotting games you know you can't just the protest can't you know just can't keep getting louder and louder there has to be some other kind of uh, approach to it and it's it might just be a case of if it starts hitting Hearts's financial bottom line then they'll be forced into a decision but I, I just don't see how it ends it seems like that there there's going to be a, a point where this comes to a head there has to be because it's so close as well to the to the agreed situation point where hearts hand over to the fans and budge hands over to the fans so you can't have this tension between the two at this at this at this point it needs to be ironed out and fast and um, we'll see what happens with regards to that just touching on Hibs a little bit more what, what's your feelings about that Jules as it stands it, a lot of people looking from the outside in would say well Paul Heckenbottom took over a very difficult situation from Neil Lennon they're being un, you know s- s- serious unrest that appeared from the way Lennon left and Hibs won in eighth place he got them up into the top six and they finished fifth so that was a good season regardless of how the last five games went and we're only very early into this new season. Why do you think five games in, there's already this pressure building? Uh, if you look at social media, it's been building for weeks. Yeah, yeah. Why, why I, is that? Are hips as bad no, as, as people I, say? I don't think they are. I think it's a combination of... Ex- I'm just opening a can here, by the right. way. I need a drink. Oh, yep. Sorry, thank you. Big can of Red Death as well. Yeah. God almighty. Uh, um. <laughs> Fanta, otherwise known as yeah, Fanta. Yeah, yeah. Don't believe him, everyone. Red don't believe Death. him. Drinking in the job. Making it so. sound like a Nick Roeg film. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Ruined so. the potential Fanta sponsorship. <laughs> <of the podcast. laughs> so I think it's a combination. It's an expectation of where um, what, what had happened, as you said, last season. And you know, we were aware of what the performances have been like this season. Obviously, there's only been five um, games. I've watched most of them. Um, they've not been great in a lot of them, shall we say. Um, a bit of an understatement at times. But they've not been terrible in other points. Last season, obviously, Hickenbottom came in. He did take over a uh, Lennon team who had been a very... Lennon had done really well with them previously that, but they weren't doing great that, that year. Lennon left. There was a big furor. Um, they could easily... There been a lot of turbulence there. And he pulled them up and got on a really great run with them. And I think that's maybe a factor in the, the anger and disappointment that the fans are feeling because they went into the season thinking, right, we're happening. Here, this is a good young manager. Got some ideas. Got the team playing well. Done well last season to get where we did, and then poof, and have really crashed and burned. And I think it's that expectation, disappointment, because if it finished last season in the grubber, do you know what I mean? In there, and then this season, it wouldn't be quite as much a surprise for them. I think that's a factor in, in where they're at with it. Um, I don't think it's as disastrous. It's certainly not as disastrous as the heart situation. I really don't think so. I don't know, you know. Yeah. I don't know. Just I don't think if so. I'm, if I'm testing by social media. Yeah, all social media is going nuts, but again, social media, it's the, the you know, this is I know, I know it's an echo chamber. Echo I, chamber of helmets. You I, I, mean? I do think there is, there is enough, you get enough of a sense from it. I mean, I'm not saying yeah, that, you, you know, your average... Hibs fan who goes on to the games, who doesn't really pay attention to social media, um, it doesn't uh, is is happy for mm-hmm. Heckenbottom to to stay. I, I, I would be very careful about that because I just think there is so much vitriol towards him. There is, um, and, and I can, I can see him. I can see him out in his ear as well. Don't get me wrong. I'm yeah. not saying that. Um, I think this will depend. I think as well because this game at the weekend is such a crunch game. It's a crunch game for um, Hearts, crunch game for both of them. I think the Hibs fans will be expecting a result um, or wanting the result because Hearts are doing so badly at the moment 
and I think if they can't then go and take advantage of that, that's even worse for him. Do you know what I mean? That that's the issue. Even though it's it's at Tyne Castle and stuff like that, I think it's even worse. So that'll be even more pressure on him. I can see the irony is I can probably see him being out of a job for quicker than Levine. Um do you know what I mean? When I when I actually think um Levine's doing worse. Well we know that Levine's got a great relationship with Anne Budge, whereas mm-hmm. we have no information about Heckenbottom's relationship with Ron Gordon. No, and uh, the tweet you know, talking about the social media and all the yeah. rest of it. The tweet I saw it. I saw this earlier on today. I was just looking for it while you were talking there, Jules. The uh, a guy at Hybe's family. So he's got quite a few followers. Obviously, a prominent Hibs fan. He said the Hibs that he tweeted this about twenty past seven this morning. The Hibs board should be having a meeting at nine a.m. with Heckingbottom. One win in ten league games, Paul. It's not good enough. You've lost the fan support, and you'll never win it back. Then at nine oh one, tell him he's no longer the Hibernian manager. Goodbye. You got quite a few likes on that as well. So that I mean that isn't necessarily indicative of every Hibs fan, but there's clearly a weight of oh, there is. Yeah, 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 definitely. I, I felt on on Hakenbottom there was a little. There was a slight building body of evidence towards the end of last season where he got himself, I've said this before in the podcast, he got himself embroiled in a couple of crazy situations mm-hmm. that I thought reflected slightly poorly on his temperament. Yeah. Now, I think people would have given him the benefit of the doubt because he'd son a, done such a good job at that point. Yeah. But I did think, hmm, I wonder how he's going to do when the pressure's really on. And I think you've already seen this season, after a game, coming out and saying the fans weren't, weren't backing us, etc., yeah, etc. That that's not calculated. No, that's no. not clever. I, I'm quite certain that no one advised them to do that. No, so no that's a spot the no, moment bad thing to say. No, there's, there's there's no positive you can gain from that. The fans aren't going to go. Yeah, hold our hands up. We paid yeah. our money to come to the game, and you know we <laughs> we 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 travelled to the game, paid our travel costs, bought our food at the game, bought our match program, and you know. It, we have to take our share of the blame for the team being crap. Like that's uh, that's never going to be a vote winner. Absolutely not. Right. Okay. Well, we're going to move on because uh, we're in danger of just spending this entire podcast talking about Edinburgh and salt and sauce land. Let, let's have a week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, listen, I'm from I Edinburgh. I, I don't like salt really? and sauce. See, I, salt and vinegar all the way for it's me. Salt and sauce city for me. I love it. I absolutely love it. I honestly, I honestly really think, really. think it's very it's difficult. The one thing Edinburgh's got right ever. Very, very difficult. The one thing. I know. <laughs> Ridiculous! <laughs> the, the, the best city in uh, in the UK. Um, regardless, <laughs> oh, that's contentious. It's very, oh, very difficult to eat salt and sauce chips. You just get you get your hands on. You need a fork. Yeah, you do. You know, you, your hands minging. We, we we're not animals. Um, <laughs> how we got onto this from Angelo Alessio, I'm not quite sure. One thing I'm quite certain about is Angelo Alessio, being Italian, will not eat salt and sauce with his chips, or no. probably eat chips full stop. Yeah. Um, what do you make of his start, um, Adam? And the sort of way Kilmarnock fans are reacting to the way he was written off in some quarters. I think with Alessio, it's a totally different... I mean, this is a very cliched and not in any way insightful thing to say. But well, no change a, there. No, yeah, no, exactly. This is, this well, welcome is, back, Adam. This is why I paid the big bucks. Yeah. No, it's a completely different culture coming in, right? We know how bad the Coniskey Nomads results the result was. That was absolutely shocking. But the knives were out from some quarters. The second that result happened, then you go, you you cast your mind back to high profile examples like Brendan, Brendan Rogers, Rogers, you know, uh, Gordon Strachan, yeah. Art Media, and all the rest of it. Give us um, non Celtic examples, please. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say Cassini, but that didn't work out. No, exactly. Um, but yeah, you. you Anything can happen in the first few weeks of a season. Yep. That doesn't excuse how terrible that result was, but it 
partially explains it. And then you think about him trying to implement a really different way of not just playing football on a Saturday, but also training at the pitch, different culture. You know, obviously not the same level of communication skills as Steve Clark because he's not speaking in his first language. Um, but you've seen in the last few weeks things starting to turn around. A really good result at the weekend. And I, th- I think I saw a photo that was uh, like For- Forza Alessio or whatever put a banner at the game. I think Kilmarnock fans are generally willing to let him bed in and they're seeing that it's turning around. And I've no idea whether he'll be able to sustain that run or not. But just, although, you know, it's not exactly the same players as last season, there's still a core of that team there that was so great for the whole of last season and uh, there's no reason to think that once they adapt which they appear to be doing to Alessio's approach uh, they can't maintain that and they're not going to finish third this season but they can have a very respectable season after being written off and uh, when you compare their sort of respective backgrounds really I'm going to listen to Angelo Alessio over Kirk Broadfoot in terms of the approach to football Well (laughs) did did Kirk Broadfoot actually do Alessio a favour? In a sense, not only by leaving, leaving, (laughs) but by doing that interview, because it kind of, in a way, highlighted everything that we thought might be a problem. Um, You know, it's very, very difficult to take seriously the idea that Angelo Alessio, a man who spent the last two years of his career at Chelsea, before that, at some of the biggest clubs in Italy, wasn't doing enough on the fitness front. I, I suspect that's just not going to be true. Allegedly, who well, knows? Someone who can't keep players fit is not going to spend two years at an elite club like Chelsea. Someone like An- An- uh, Antonio Conte, who's got Inter Milan, by the way, at the top of Serie A at the moment, much to many people's surprise, uh, he is not going to stand for an assistant coach that, that can't maintain, help maintain doesn't fitness care. or doesn't understand how to keep players fit. And Kirk Broadfoot's perfectly entitled to his opinion on that and he'll know his own body better than anyone but I can't believe it it doesn't ring true to me no I I think well you you need to kick Broadfoot quotes and I I think it's a question of not believing it um, I can't remember the exact wording because I don't have it in front of me it might not have been it might have been taken out of context because Kirk Broadfoot's doing his spelling in alphabet spaghetti that is very true take that into English then Italian yes (laughs) but basically he's doing it He's came out and said, I didn't like the training, I didn't like how he did it, it wasn't about blah, blah, and it was the methods he was saying he didn't like rather than saying, you know, there was kind of... He, he said, I'm not fit enough I'm not, and, I, and I've yeah, had to go out and, and do I've extra. And I've had to go out and do it, yeah, but I was reading between that. I don't think, I'm, I don't want to call him a liar for, for that thing, um, but I think obviously what he's done is... I don't he, think he is. Not, uh, it's he, not he, from his got, perspective, you know, he's... He's, Kevin yeah, 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 exactly. He's, not, that, that, you can disagree with him without, you know, calling him a liar. That's that's absolutely fine. Well, he did say I don't believe him. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't believe that that's true. Right? Yeah. I don't believe that. Uh-huh. that he, yeah. That the players would exactly. Be that's enough. it. Obviously, they're not. Um, it's not so Tim. We talked recently about like, dinosaur managers and stuff like that, and how they, they get to a point and they're kind of they're, they're just yesterday's men with their attitudes and ideas. There is a sort of dinosaur player as well. He's come in and again, as you say, he doesn't speak. He's not fluent English. It's not his first language. Came in with new ideas. I don't think anyone expected Kilmarnock to finish third this season, including most Kelly fans. That was like such an amazing result, a freak result, almost through through a lot of combination of things happening. Same as Connors. Key nomads. That was a freak result. I mean, really, they were ahead. Done that. Yep. I think they got two shots and goal scored with them. 
and nothing was going in for Kelly at mm-hmm. all. Do you know what I mean? So really, all that's really went wrong is that one freak result. He's taking some time to bed in. Your dinosaur types haven't accepted or got used to the idea of it. But he was never going to come out and go, oh, I've got all these ideas. Certain players are taking them on board, blah, 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 blah. It's kind of undignified to kind of come out and whine about that or complain. And Broadfoot, is, you're right, Broadfoot has done my favour because he's come out and explained what's going on behind the scenes in, in, in a sort of way why... Sh- Alesso should be given time and folk go off his back because you can see exactly what's going on and you go that makes sense that's exactly what I thought it would be because one of the things that Kurt Broadfoot was talking about was Alesso spending a lot of time on shape ah. well they've now got the second best defensive record <laughs> in the league totally yeah. mental they, idea <laughs> seems like a, a decent idea right? But we've not got an awful lot of time left so we're going to move on very very quickly to Rangers and Celtic um, just briefly Adam Rangers carving out another victory. I thought it was significant that for the second time this season, they've come up against a team playing a low block. They did it against Kilmarnock, 1-2-1. They've gone up against Livy. They've gone a goal behind, and they've still managed to churn it out, which they weren't doing last season. And Celtic, 5 out of 5, scintillating form um, at the moment. They weren't amazing against Hamilton. They played pretty well overall, looked dangerous, created quite a few chances. Is this going to be the first season for, for many a year where the old firm are blowing the rest away? Uh, I think we've seen now, particularly given the fact that neither side were partic- were massively impressive at the weekend, but nev- but just, although Rangers did lose that goal, never looked like losing the game necessarily. Um, I, I think it's going to be the, a sort of season where everything comes down to the old firm games. Um, I think there's games particularly with Rangers games that last season Rangers would have drawn or potentially even lost, that they'll grind out the wins in. They won't necessarily do it with flair, but they'll get the result. But I still think the the Derby defeat is just going to be a hammer blow. I think that'll hang over the, the rest of the season. Jules? Um, what? <laughs> <laughs> a hammer blow? What? A hammer blow. Um, yeah, well, I mean, obviously I watched both games. Um... The, ha- the Hamilton game was a really tricky one. I think it was one of those games that you see that sort of championship type winning games of thing. It's hard to it play was, football on that. Pitch. Oh, it's murder! You could tell. Yeah, yeah. You, so sometimes you actually you watch it and you think it looks all right. These sort of things you don't you don't notice it as being as much a factor apart from the commentators constantly mentioning it every few minutes. But that one there, you were just watching it. The ball was skating everywhere. There was def- I was definitely thinking you could see the players in the back of their mind being kind of aware of it, of kind of trying not to get hurt a little bit. Do you know I mean of that because it comes so many croppers. Uh, the ball was skating about in places. It was like. You know, it was definitely a factor, hundred um, percent. But the ground that went out, and you know, as it was going on later on, it could easily have been, um, you know, they never looked like they were going to actually score, but they could have sneaked it. That could have been points dropped. Do you know what I mean? And to be honest, last season before Rogers left, they could possibly have dropped those points away. Do you know what I mean? This time, like the first half of last season, I think they lost four away games or something like that, which was more than they'd mm. done in a long time. So again, they ground that out. Rangers obviously had um, Levy, who had a hard team to play against, even at Ibrox. Go down. I mean, they did sort of fight back on it. Obviously, there was yeah, cards and stuff happening and stuff that changed sort of things. But at the same time, yep, it was that kind of things. And again, Ranger would definitely that was one of the sort of games they could have lost last season. Is it going to be much tighter this season? I think it's too early to tell. Um, I don't. I'm not sure if it will come down to the old firm as yeah, even. Let's let's not focus on whether or not it's going to be tighter or not. Well, let's focus on whether or not there's going to be a bigger gap between the second and third. Ah, so I'm saying I don't. I'm not sure. I you think still, that, you still think that's. I think I think there'll be. Uh, to be honest, I think Rangers will still um, come second. Um, 
there. I think the gap. That's a that's a that's a big call. It is a big call. But I still <laughs> think. I said I think, but you know, I've been right right all along, so it's fine. Well, I think um, after spending <laughs> after spending over twelve million and bringing in another what eleven or twelve players, that I think Rangers should finish second. <laughs> yes. Um, just before we go, again, very briefly, I think it's, it'd be rude not to touch on them. I would have liked to have spent a bit more time, but we are way over time already. But Motherwell sitting in third, eleven points from the first five games. They're a bit up and down at the start of the season around the Betfred Cup and. Uh, I was wondering whether or not many people's predictions that they would come in the top six would come to fruition or not. But listen, another great result of Tencast, another good per- performance. They're playing great stuff. It's, it's, it's a stunning start, really. The, the interesting thing here, and we're talking about potential gap between second and third, is you couldn't at this stage say with any degree of certainty who the favourites for third place are no. in the league at the moment so there's no reason why if Motherwell can steer clear of injuries and bear in mind you've got big players to come back as well um, that they can't make a run for it because if you'd said this time last year that Killy would be third place a lot of people would have been sceptical about that as well there's no one obviously expectation tends to be Aberdeen, Aberdeen will be well, there or well, there well, yeah, yeah expectation tends to be Aberdeen but we're not seeing brilliant things from Aberdeen at the moment um, so there's no reason why Motherwell can't view that as a goal you know I don't think they will finish third but I, th- I think they can view that as a, a as an appropriate kind of ambition for the rest of the season I still think that, I still think there will be a sizable gap between second and third mm-hmm. but there's no reason Motherwell can't and listen, if one, if one of these Edinburgh clubs is looking for a manager, I don't think you should be looking much further than Stephen Robertson, Robinson, who's proven that he can uh, manage a team in terms of a long ball, he can manage a team that's direct, and he can manage a team that passes the ball on the deck and promotes youngsters. So I think if you're looking for a boss in Scottish football, he would be the, the first one on my list. Guys, agreed? He's done Good an amazing shoot. job, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. I'm sure Mother wouldn't want to agree with that, though. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure I'll get a phone <laughs> call. Um, but listen, that, that shows you that he's doing well. Motherwell are, are that kind of club, aren't they? They're going to um, sell players on. They're going to move managers on if they do well. That, that's their business model working yeah. correctly, isn't it? So, um, Although yeah. I think they would be obviously sad to see him go. But he's, he's, he's doing very, very well indeed. Well, that's all from us here at Football Scotland for today. We'll be back tomorrow before 4pm just to take just in time to make your work commute that little bit more bearable. You can get more from us at the Football Scotland website, on social media, uh, on Facebook or Twitter at football underscore Scott. To ask us a question or make a comment to us individually, you can get me on at Johnny R. McFarlane. You can get Adam on at Captain underscore Howdy. No, you can't. No, you can't. You can get me on at Captain underscore Howdy. Oh, sorry. See, yes. You can get Jules getting all cocky and no at Captain underscore Howdy. I'm, get, I'm, getting, I'm getting old. You know, my, my, my head's frazzled. I just suddenly lost loads of Twitter followers. <laughs> <laughs> and Adam, you're at Old Firm Facts 1? Yeah. Yes. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Until tomorrow, thanks for listening.